Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Network. The UFC returns with their UFC 252 go home event. UFC Vegas 6 this Saturday, headlined by another big heavyweight bout that just screams all sorts of chaos. What's going on, everybody? Mike Heck here from MAFighting.com, welcoming you to the UFC Vegas 6 preview show. Being joined this week by Jose Youngs and Mr. Alex Kaylee, triple threat guys. Jose, next weekend, heavyweight titles on the line. Stipe Miocic defending against Daniel Cormier. It's DC Swan Song fight. But that's next weekend. This weekend, mm-hmm. we have Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek at the UFC Apex. And this fight <laughs> defines everything about 2020 with the styles these guys bring to the table. But you know what, Jose? I am all in on this fight. I need this injected into my veins. I cannot wait to see how this thing plays out. What say you? Yeah, it's just uh, just even if you didn't know anything about this main event between Derek Lewis and Alexi Olenek, just have them square off and just read their weights out loud. And it's just baffling. Like what Derek Lewis is like 265 pounds on the scale. Alexi Olenek was like 227. And we talked about this, I think on the A side where I was like, I bet Alexi Olenek gives up 40 pounds to Derek Lewis and he, he could still win. So uh, yeah, it's truly a, a baffling fight it, just aesthetically. And, and, but if you look at it on paper, how many fights does Alexi Olenek have 60 how many fights does Derek Lewis have half of that? So uh, it's it's a fascinating fight stylistic wise, how they how they handle themselves on the mic, their previous fight records. It's just like too heavy. It's the UFC heavyweight division. You never know what's going to happen. And I think you hit on the head. It's it's a good representation of what's happening in 2020 right now um, in that in this division. OK, everybody that's around the sport loves Derek Lewis. And he's been saying forever at this point, and he's still being asked about it for some reason. But Derek Lewis, like, doesn't love MMA. Like, he's not tweeting about it. He's not watching it. He puts his pen to the contract. He trains. He fights. And that's the extent of Derek Lewis's connection with MMA. And I can respect that about him. He's hilarious at the same time. It seems the game plan for the Black Beast is pretty obvious. Derek needs to keep it standing. Olenek, although he can pop as well, but his best path to victory is is taking this fight to the ground and going for submissions. Do you agree with that as well, AK? Or are you just yeah. expecting so much chaos here? Oh, I mean, I'm definitely expecting chaos. That's <laughs> no question. Uh, uh, but I don't know. I don't know how, you know, some of these scrambles uh, that we might see early on, I don't know how many of those you could see if uh, <clears throat> Derek Luce does get put in scramble situations because those things take a lot of energy. Uh, he's really big. Both guys are really big. Um, well, I guess Olenek's only two. He weighed in 227. So I guess he yeah. looks like a big, strong guy, right? He's definitely like one of the stronger heavyweights, even though he only weighs 227. Um, so I do think we're actually going to see a few fun scrambles. Uh, chaos definitely will be the order of the day. Uh, Lewis is going to try and get the 
those those ham hock fists going, you know, which is always fun to see. So uh, this whole card, though, I know we're going to talk more about the card. I, I, I just like the look of it. There's something to it. There's a texture to it, Mike. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to can I can I can I blow your guys minds here for a second? No. <laughs> I'm gonna blow your mind here. Okay, so so after every fight, you know, we do like a grade the card, right? So I already like I use a different system when grading things in general, including movies. It's called it's like the gymnastics gymnastics system. Do you guys know how gymnastics works? No. Jose, you're a huge gymnastics fan. I know the truck truck. I know the truck is a big huge gymnastics fan. You know, they, the 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 routine has a preset score, and then you know if you execute it to a certain level, then you're trying to reach that score. So this card to me has like a preset score of like nine point five. Like I think it has so much potential for entertainment if 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 uh, so many things go right, and if a few things go wrong, I think it can hit that it can hit that mark. That's what it needs. So I, I'm very excited. High hopes for Alex K. Lee. Uh, Jose, do you have an official pick here for this main event between? Derek Lewis and Alexi Olenek. Yeah, I think I'm not going to say it's going to be easy whatsoever, but Alexi Olenek has fought in uh, pretty much a who's who a heavyweight, same as Derek Lewis, save a few names on both fans, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, on the post-fight show for this, these winners. Uh, Alexi Olenek has fought in pretty much or fought the like uh, some of the hardest hitters, like let like oh, like Overeem, what Walt Harris. Uh, but he's beaten guys like the, like Verdooms and Maurice Greens, the guy, fighters that kind of play into his skill set that are good grapplers and whatsoever. Doesn't normally come up. Uh, doesn't normally come up in the wins column when he's fighting guys that have heavy hands uh, like the Curtis Blades, the Overeems, the Walt Harris. So I'm picking Derek Lewis to win. He's already said that uh, his own self. Uh, assessment his last two fights where he was gun shy and he promises not to be gun shy this time. I believe Derek Lewis. So I don't know what round it's going to be. I pro- I'm probably projecting one of the first two rounds, but uh, I envision Derek Lewis getting peeled off an unconscious Alexio Linick uh, tomorrow night. AK, what do you think? I've, I, I want to see, I, I think Casey said this on the A side. I want this fight to go to the fifth round just to see what happens, especially if we get to the last minute of the fifth round. But how do you see this thing playing out? Man, is this the toughest fight to pick on the card? I'm just kind of looking up and down. It might be the toughest fight, which you don't, which you can't always say about the main event. You know, that's not always the purpose of the main event. Uh, I, 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 I think like you guys, I think I'm, or like Jose is, I'm leaning towards Lewis. But one name that Jose left out, Mark Hunt, which I think fits a little bit of the the Derek Lewis hard hitting mold, can be a little wild. And and uh, you know, Olenek beat him. He submitted him. The only thing is, Lewis has only been submitted once. You know, for a guy who I think people have questions about his wrestling and, and like his ground game, he really doesn't get submitted that often. And the, and the only time was by Daniel Cormier, which I think there's no shame in that. You know, so I'm 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 not going to hedge. I am going to I'll say Lewis. I'm picking Lewis. I, I am picking Lewis. Though it might not be by a knockout, we might see kind of a weird decision. So I'm going to say uh, Lewis, but possibly on points. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I like the shape Derek Lewis is in, even though he tipped the scales at 265, it doesn't seem like he had to cut very much to get down there. He's skinny. He's, he's feeling good. He's smiling pretty good shape. So even if it does go five rounds, I think he might be all right, but I'll, I'll go Lewis as well. But this fight is just so wild. It's a, it's a coin flip fight for me, but the I, don't think I don't even think it's a coin flip. I think, I think Mark, it's that I dominant, think, huh? I don't think it's going to be dominant, but I think like you guys are saying like Derek Lewis doesn't normally get submitted. I'm sure you guys have all seen that highlight video. It's called like Derek Lewis just doesn't want to be on the ground anymore. Where it seems like whenever <laughs> someone is on top of him, he's like, yeah, I'm over this. And he just like pushes them off. 
it's one of those things where when you're watching it with friends who don't watch MMA and you see a guy laying on top of another guy, they're like, why don't they just stand up? And then all of us have been in that scenario where like, it's not that easy. You know, it's like there's positioning and stuff like that. But then you watch Derek Lewis fight and they're like, why doesn't he just stand up? And you're like, why is it? Well, it's not that easy. And then he just <laughs> does it. And you're like, well, I guess it is that easy if you're Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is also very much is tall. He's a tall, heavy heavyweight. Uh, Mark Hunt is is thick and round and heavy too, but he's pretty much Alexio Linux height. Uh, so I'm pretty. I think Derek Lewis gets it done inside three rounds. Very well could happen, but I like this fight so much as AK said because anything could happen here. It's just wild how this uh, could all play out in so many different ways. But co-main event, we have Omari Akhmadov, the number 11 ranked middleweight in the world, taking on Chris Weidman, the former UFC middleweight champion. Akhmadov unbeaten in his last six. He's unbeaten since making the move to 185. Just had a pretty one-sided win over Ian Heinish at UFC mm-hmm. 245. So Jose, big opportunity for Omari Akhmadov. He takes on a former champion. Definitely the biggest name he has ever stepped in the octagon or with or any cage with at this point, and a guy who has lost five out of his last six in Chris Weidman. So which six out here in this pretty important fight at 185 pounds? Well, the thing that just stands out, like right at right away, Chris Weidman's already said it was harder to get down to 185 than it was in his previous fights. He had that last fight, uh, light heavyweight against uh, Dominic Reyes, a fight you and I were both at in Boston. Uh, Chris Weidman didn't look like a, didn't look like a small light heavyweight. He looked like a legitimate light heavyweight, especially standing opposite Dominic Reyes, who is the perfect size for 205 pounds. So right out of the gate, you don't like hearing a fighter saying it was hard to make weight, but he made weight nonetheless. Uh, Chris Weidman is what one in five in his last five few fights, like you said. But who's he losing to? <laughs> like not just top ten, but like top five fighters in these divisions. Yeah, he's losing badly. He's losing like the 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 size there was controversial, but nonetheless, he lost. He's losing to the best of the best. Akmanov has looked great. He's never fought someone at Chris Weidman's level. I think I it's it's hard to it's it's hard to say. Like on paper, Chris Weidman should win. I favor Chris Weidman, but just like look at his last few fights. He's losing and losing badly and losing violently. Uh, but he's former champion. Uh, he's fought in five rounds a million times. This is only a three round fight, which I think favors him. It's in a smaller cage, which I think favors him. Uh, so I think Chris Weidman gets this done. I don't want to pick. I don't want to pick a stoppage. I think he'll get it done on points. Uh, I, I think we might see a little tentative Weidman in there because, he, like I said, he's been knocked out a, a lot. But Akhmanov isn't going out there and starching people. What he has like his last few fights have been decisions and a few splits in there too. So he's not going out there and just starching someone like the Dominic Reyes is and the the Yoel Romero's of the world. So I favor Chris Weidman. I think he gets back in the win column. Uh, he's not going to get a title fight anytime soon. He he himself said that. But I think this is the right first step for this is going to be the right first step for Weidman to get back into title contention. Yeah, I think my first reaction, AK, when they booked this fight was, man, they're just not making it easy on Weidman because Akhmadov is just kind of that under-the-radar, really good fighter that doesn't lose very often. And But this is kind of the best case kind of a matchup for Weidman if we're not going to push him back outside the top 20. Odds makers have it as a near pick him here. Akhmadov can get a nice boost with the win, certainly, but you have to believe there is a lot more at stake for Chris Weidman tomorrow night, right? There is a lot more at stake. Uh, I I have to I have to say I think Jose and the matchmakers may have underestimated kind of how dangerous Akhmedov is. Yes, he's been going to decisions, but he's been going to decisions with like tough guys who I, I would say are not like uh, knockout susceptible. I mean, anyone is when they get in there. But Ian Heinish, Zach Cummings, Tim Boach, these guys are pretty durable. So I think it says more about sort of their toughness than it does about Akhmedov's punching power. I think he actually punches pretty hard and. 
I'm kind of expecting a knockout win for Akhmedov. It sounds terrible to say, but the good news is for Chris Weidman is uh, I have, I think, incorrectly picked his last like four fights at 185 pounds. The Reyes, <laughs> the Reyes pick was obvious. I think I don't know if I don't know anyone who picked Weidman for that fight, but 185 pounds. I'm pretty sure I picked him to beat uh, Jacare. I was wrong. Oh, I did pick him to beat Gaslam, so whatever, he pulled that one off. And I, But I think I picked him to beat Musasi and I think Romero as well. So I, I've been very hard on the uh, the Weidman bandwagon for a long time and wrong. So now that I'm picking against him at 185, perhaps uh, this will be a reversal of fortunes for uh, Weidman. Not that I believe in that sort of thing, like jinxes or superstitions, but, uh, you know, again, maybe I'm also overestimating uh, Akhmedov's sort of unbeaten middleweight record. Maybe that's not as as uh, good as it looks. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. But uh, yeah, as you asked, though, a lot a lot on the line for Weidman. I, I, just, I still don't think he has to retire if he loses. You know, I'm sure that's a lot of people say or or go to another promotion, like go to Bellator. I'm sure that's all the Bellator jokes will come after uh, should he lose again. But I still think he's really competitive. Uh, I don't know what has to change. You know what I mean? There's so much stuff that goes on that we don't see. But if, yeah, if he doesn't win on Saturday... So something has changed. I just don't know what. Um, I, I still don't even think light heavyweight, by the way, was that bad of an idea. I think matching him up with Dominic Reyes was a terrible idea. So maybe there's still options there. I'm not sure. Yeah, kind of as Jose said, this is the first fight maybe in seven years or so where Weidman isn't facing a top five, maybe top well, seven. It's like, guy. all right. So for the you're telling me that a middleweight who has had a who's only lost to top five fighters is going up against a fighter who is unbeaten at middleweight in the UFC. And if the veteran loses, it's a where are they going now moment in their career. That sounds awfully familiar. I'm pretty sure we saw that play last weekend and we saw what happened. And uh, Derek Brunson used Edmund Shabazzian's head as a basketball. So uh, I'm not going to say Weidman is going to tear through uh, Akhmanov like he did, like 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 Brunson did. Uh, but I think Weidman gets it done, especially because his back is against the wall. Akhmedov is, is a lot more experienced than Shabazzian. I don't think there's sure. I don't think that Great. parallel works so, at all. I think they're very I think different I, fighters. I'm not saying they're I'm no one compared Shabazzian Akhmedov. I'm comparing the storyline. You, you, you literally just did. You no, I, just, I'm comparing the storylines between Weidman and yeah. Derek Brunson and, and we saw what I don't think they're I don't think the storylines I don't think they're they're analogous at all. I don't, other than I don't one guy's on an unbeaten run and you know, I, just, I don't know. I don't see that. But. And middleweight. Oh, and okay. they both. Oh, well, that, well, they, oh, well, there you go. This is, and this is exactly the same. And who, have they lost, and who have they lost to? Uh, Jacare, Romero. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty similar, pretty similar, and, and past opponents too. I thought between the links was on Mondays or Tuesdays. It's a, he's I always Friday. Is always good. good. Like, no, I think a, I think AK just is forgot what happened the last time we were on between the links. <laughs> how could I, I forget? I haven't slept since. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, Wyman's going to go outside of the top 10 for this one. So let's see if he can bounce back with a win. And then we can, you know, go back to this on Saturday and we can say our ha-has and we can go from there. But it's uh, it's under the radar time. We got some good ones to pick from. AK's already given this card a 9.5 before it even starts. So we'll start with you, the resident prediction guy, Mr. Alex Kaylee. What do you predict amongst this 9.5 fight card being the under the radar fight that could steal the show tomorrow night? I don't know if this fight is under the radar. No, it definitely is under the radar because her last fight also went under the radar, despite it being one of the best fights of the friggin' year. Uh, Yana Kuniskaya and uh, Julia Stolyarenko. Now, uh, Stolyarenko is coming in as a replacement for Caitlin Viara, so there's some people who might not even be sure this, that you know this fight was still happening. They might have thought that you know Viara was out and and Kuniskaya's fight just got canceled. But no, Julia Stolyarenko. Former Ultimate Fighter participant, uh, former Invicta bantamweight champion. Technically, that last fight that she was in, uh, that I'm talking about, that bloodbath with with uh, Lisa Verzosa was a uh, was a, int, a vacant 
bantamweight title bout. And for anyone who didn't see that, please go to, uh, if you have Fight Pass, please go on and just look up Verzosa and Stolyarenko. It's a five-round bloodbath that happened the same weekend as uh, Zhang and uh, and Joanna, unfortunately. So uh, it may have been forgotten. But I think in some ways, you could argue it's a more entertaining fight. I mean, they're both crazy. They might be the one and two, honestly, best fights by the end of the year. So uh, I think think there's some potential there with Kuniskai. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's going to get up to that level of that five-round bloodbath. But but I do think... um, that uh, Stolyarenko needs a lot more attention, and I'm glad the UFC brought her back. I'm glad she's getting a second shot. Um, she she only had one the one fight, the finals of the uh, Ultimate Fighter, and uh, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say it's flying under the radar, and that people need to pay attention to this women's bantamweight bout. It could be a good one. We did have a few hiccups on the scale. Uh, Loriano Staropoli and Tim Means both missed weight for their welterweight fight. Tim Means got back on the scale about 45 minutes later. He made the weight, and now he's getting 20% of Staropoli's purse after missing weight the first time. How about that for drama? Also, Vanille Darius missed weight for his fight with Scott Holtzman. Holtzman will get 20% of Darius's purse. That's the first time Darius has missed weight in his entire career. But with all that sprinkled into the uh, proverbial mixing bowl, Jose, what what fight is sneaking up in your eyes on everybody that should be uh, buckle up to watch this kind of a kind of a scenario tomorrow night? Uh, I'm really interested in how Nazareth Hasparak uh, bounces back after his last loss. I believe it was to Drew Dober. And our former uh, co-worker, Pizzi Carroll, has been singing Nazareth's praises for a very long time. Uh, I know he trains at TriStar up in Montreal. So it's always anytime someone's from TriStar fights, you, you kind of have to pay attention to just because of the history of that gym. Uh, Nazareth lost badly uh, to Drew Dober in a fight that I picked him to win. But if you go back and watch that fight, it was a really lazy light kick he threw that with like it was like a lazy without even like block. Right thing, he just ate a punch and got dropped bad. Drew Dober has looked unbelievable since then, so I'm really curious how he bou- bounces back from a loss. I selfishly really, oh, I'm always interested in watching Darren Stewart fight just because he's a really interesting individual, and our interests in music line up pretty, pretty cohesively. Um, he going uh, after his fight in Boston, he's like, yeah, the UFC doesn't even like fighters from the UK. They like cut my music and this and that. So he's an interesting cat to watch. I don't know if he'll win. I know he was one of those. Like, was he the only fight? that fought on cage warriors. I know he was booked for that UFC London card. And then when it fell out, they stuck, they randomly stuck him on that cage Warriors cards just to keep his fight going. So, him and Fabinski. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm always love watching the Dennis fight. I think he beat drawn win in Boston, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Uh, so in drawn win at the time, I know he was coming off a loss or I uh, might've been one of his first few losses. So he had about a lot of hype coming behind him. So, uh, not so much fights, but I'm really interested in see how specific fighters handle, uh, bouncing back off the loss, but it, off the top of my head, Stewart and uh, Hasbrack stick out in my mind. I think you guys both know where I'm going with this. I'm going to New England. Get to see the New England scrapper make his UFC debut. And I think I'm in a good place here, regardless if I'm playing the New England bias, because Peter Barrett is going to fight Yusuf Salal tomorrow yeah. night at 145 pounds. Peter yes. Barrett. Peter Barrett. Slippery Pete. As, uh, as the great Jed Mishu says on Between the Links, this is two guys throwing bolos at each other, and I cannot wait to see how this thing plays out between two lines at 145 pounds because Alal probably has the advantage in a lot of places, but Barrett's going to sit there and take them all and, and fire back. So especially if that fight gets to the third round, I can't wait to see how that, that thing goes down. Before we say goodbye here, we've had some bi- – this has been a pretty big news day, a very big news day. We found out Corey Anderson is signed with Bellator, and we also found out that we have 225-pound title fights Set for UFC 255 or 256, I don't even know at this point, in November. We get Davison Figueiredo versus Cody Garbrandt, and we have Valentina Shevchenko defending her title against Jennifer Maya. Jose, let's start with you. 
I don't think surprise is the right word seeing Cody Garbrandt in here, but what is your reaction to this? Having Garbrandt uh, skip the queue and drop down and get a title fight here. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because we've seen this a million times. I mean, the UFC has made it known they really like Cody Garbrandt. They want to put the marketing machine behind him. I mean, he got a rematch with TJ Dillashaw after getting knocked out badly in Madison Square Garden. And then he got knocked out again uh, in Los Angeles. So uh, as soon as he beat uh, Hotfield of Sunso, I go, they're either going to give him Peter Yan because him and Peter Yan have history, or he's going to drop down and fight the winner. If, if, if Figueredo had one, because of course, Benavides and him do have history at team alpha male Figueredo won. And my first thought was first thought Alex Perez should be the next in line. Alex Perez won't fight for the title next. And it'll probably be Cody Garbrandt. I think we were all in agreement that if it had, if it had happened, should have been Perez Figueredo and then Askarov and Moreno. Uh, uh, should have run it back and kind of done a final four. Then Cody Garbrandt is one of those anomalies that they just kind of insert into the mix just because he is such a, a well-known well, he has like 2.3 million Instagram followers. He's a well-spoken kid. He's a good looking kid, knockout power. So does surprise me whatsoever. feel really bad for Alex Perez. I think he needs to be ready for that card. Uh, we've talked about before we went on air, he should fight Manel Cape on that card. If, if Cody Garbrandt can't make weight, cause this is his flyweight debut. Alex Perez used to jump up in there and fight uh, Figueredo and uh, Askarov uh, or Figueredo and Perez should fight. And then Moreno and Askarov should be on that card running it back anyway. And then all is right with the flyweight division uh, and what is just. So, yeah, weird fight. Not surprised, but I feel bad for Alex Perez because I think he did more than enough to earn that title fight. Yeah, you get a feel for Perez. You get a feel for Brandon Moreno as well. Alex, what do you think? I don't think you're surprised by this, but uh, are you happy with this? Do you think this is a good thing for 25? What are your thoughts on this? Bring in all the flyweights for that weekend. Fly them all in for a little flyweight party. Uh, keep the catering light. Make sure everyone call up. What's Demetrius Johnson doing that weekend? Call him up. Just ask. Just hey, just come on down to Vegas or wherever the fight's going to be that weekend. Uh, Cejudo. Cejudo's always talking crap. Hey, Cejudo, can you still make 125? Okay, get your butt down here and get ready to step in because uh, I think the matchup is cool. But like we said, we don't know what's going to go. I- I'm fairly confident uh, Garbrandt can make the weight. Uh, I don't know. I, he just... He's a good-sized bantamweight, but I don't think he's he, – he's never looked like overly massive. I never looked at him and been like, oh, okay, well, there's no way this guy can drop to 125. I'm like, yeah, okay, he could probably do it. And, and and I'll admit I was skeptical when Dillashaw said he could do it, but after seeing him make it, I'm like, okay, maybe these guys know their, you know know themselves a little better than we think. So I'm not too worried, but I, I do think it would be good to have one, if not two, backups. Like you said, maybe just book Alex Perez for a fight and tell Alex Perez and his opponent – Make sure you hit 125 on the dot this week, uh, just in case we're, we would consider either of you should something happen and, and, and Cody can't make it. But uh, yeah, look, I, I want to see Cody Garbrandt fight Davidson Figueroa. That's a cool fight. If you just in a void on paper, cool, great looking fight. I just wish the UFC had more patience, you know, more patience with Cody's career, more patience with Figueroa's title defenses. I hate that they have to rush into these things, but in a void, it's a very cool looking fight. It's just uh, I really feel like we could build up to it and make it something bigger. But the matchup itself, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. But and this good Dillashaw for Aljo. <laughs> Sorry, I should say this is good for Aljo. Maybe give, give Aljo his 135 pound title shot. There you go. That's the two wrongs. Multiple wrongs can make a right. Let us this clears his path for Aljo. Okay, no more Garbrandt. Uh, Garbrandt talk at 135. Aljo, go get your title shot. I will say I've been told that there has been absolutely zero discussions about Jan versus Aljamain Sterling to this point. This is like earlier this week, so not one word has been said about that fight. From anybody, so we'll see what happens there at 135 pounds, and uh, we'll, we'll make this quick because I think everyone looks at Shevchenko versus Maya as like a well, maybe, but probably not kind of a thing. So, AK from a scale of one to ten, how much? Yeah, chance- <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I jumped the gun. Sorry. That's all inside. Sorry, we uh, we had a discussion before the show. I, I missed my cue. My bad. I'm sorry. Uh, how much of a chance are we giving Jennifer Maya here from a scale scale one to ten? 
I mean, I like Maya. I think she's a better fighter than people think. I think she's a better uh, fighter than her UFC record shows. I think she's one of the harder hitters at 125. I know it doesn't show in the results. She doesn't have like, you know, one punch knockouts, but frankly, there isn't a lot of that at 125. I mean, even Shevchenko, the champion, is not like someone who would say is a is a one hit uh, killer, except for the Jessica I fight, of course. But uh, Maya's got good power, great ground game, uh, enough, I think, to 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 ch- certainly challenge Shevchenko down there. But I mean, but right, realistically, I I just it's just hard to imagine a scenario where uh, Shevchenko again is not like a 10 to 1 favorite, 12 a double digit favorite. Um, and again, that's no disrespect to Maya. It's just how high up. Valentina Shevchenko is compared to the rest of her division right now. Jose, one uh, percent chance. I always give everyone a ch- an opportunity. Uh, there are obviously fighters that when you there are obviously fights that I've not given any of them to. I won't say them out loud. I thought there was a zero percent chance they would win, and that's exactly what happened. They didn't win. Uh, but I think AK said it well. I think she's very underrated. Um, but Valentina has just looked like Anderson Silva of like the mid two thousands where no, it doesn't matter who you put in there. doesn't matter how big of a tear they're on. It doesn't matter how deserving and she is deserving. She is the rightful number one contender. I don't think any of us are going to argue that after she submitted uh, Joanne Calderwood, who had already locked up that number one contender fight against Valentina before deciding to take a fight in between the, between then and now, um, man, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to like, if the fight goes to the ground, maybe, but I, I think Valentina wins comfortably, and I think it'll be—I think it'll be a showcase fight. But that fight is so far away. Jennifer Maya has missed what? Wait, like what? Two of the last three fights. Uh, what was it against Chukagian and against Roxanne Modafari? So, for, but she made weight. She was also the first one to weigh in uh, when she fought Joanne Calderwood, and I think she came in at 124.5, so she came in under championship weight. So, she's got her weight down. That's the first step. But two of three, she's batting. Th- she's only batting 330. Uh, 33% right now and making weight. I want to see once she hits the scale, then we can talk. But yeah, I favor, I favor Valentina Shevchenko pretty heavily in that fight. I would like to see this be like a flyweight showcase. We've seen some like UFC cards in the past where there's a heavyweight title fight up top, but then like the whole main card is just like heavyweight fights. I kind of want to see this with the 25 is if we're really doing this Cody Garbrandt thing to put extra eyeballs on the 125 pound division, then put extra extra eyes on the 125 pound division and just load up this main card yeah. with fun fights at 125 pounds. If they don't do that, then I'm going to have an even bigger problem with this fight. But, you know, it's fun. I just would have liked to see the Prezes or the Morenos or the Askarovs get their chance first. But uh, we're looking to this weekend. There's a lot of fun fights on this card. We got your back, ladies and gentlemen, with all your coverage right here on MAFighting.com. We got Bellator coming up tonight as well. But we're done here. Another preview show on the books for Jose Youngs and Alex K. Lee. I am Mike Heck. We will see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.